Welcome to We Have Spoken, Episode 8. This is the podcast discussing our favorite new show, The Mandalorian. Today we'll be talking about the final episode in the season, Chapter 8, Redemption, which was released on December 27, 2019, exclusively on Disney+. My name is Dennis, and I'll be your intergalactic Sherpa for this journey. With me today, our fairy droid, Ricky. Ooh, does that mean I'm like a buff R2? <laughs> I would never have described him as buff R2. That is good. That's what it was. And as always, we have our fabulous producer, Lindsay, bringing balance to the force behind the scenes. Before we get into spoilers, let's talk about our impressions of this episode. It was a really good way to end end the season. It tied up a lot of things. It did. Not everything, though. It definitely opened some doors. But very satisfying conclusion to season one. I agree. This show, it doesn't have to be the best at any one thing because when you add up all the parts of it, Mm -hmm. the whole is so much better than most things you see on any other network. Oh, for sure. Anywhere. And I think that's what brings me such joy when I watch it is it's doing quality storytelling with quality actors and quality special effects. And it exists in a quality universe, which is Star Wars. I mean, not to get topical, but it's probably one of the more polarizing times to be a Star Wars fan. For sure. And this seems to be the the unifier. Yes. Um, And so that's why it's been such a joy talking about this season of the show. Because even when the show appears to miss, mm -hmm. what it ends up showing you later on is that there is a payoff for pretty much everything that they wanted you to experience at the beginning of the show. It's like it was all written at once. Yeah, it was actually like it was planned out. (laughs) And that's what made this show so awesome. Oh, for sure. So why don't we get into spoilers and just do a quick recap in case you forgot the high-level points. Since this was a part two episode of a two-part story, we left off with things looking really grim for the Mando and the crew They were outnumbered and outflanked by Moth Gideon's forces, while Baby Yoda had just been captured by scout troopers that just killed Quill. IG-11 saves the baby and storms into town to rescue the others. The gang locates a sewer entrance, and they plan to use it to reach the covert for help, right? Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, the armor is the only one left alive down there. She instructs Mando to raise Baby Yoda, as his own, unless he can locate his people. Mm-hmm. And then she shows him the way out via a riverboat. IG sacrifices himself to take out the ambushing platoon of stormtroopers. Mm-hmm. Yep. RIP, buddy. <laughs> Mando uses his new jetpack to take down Moff Gideon's TIE fighter. Then, you know, he has to say goodbye to Grief Karga and Cara Dune. All his buddies. Yeah. But before the credits roll... We see Moff Gideon emerge with the Darksaber in hand. So I have the vaguest idea what a Darksaber is. It's just a black lightsaber. There is a unique Darksaber that's part of the lore of Mandalorian culture in which the first Mandalorian Jedi crafted this saber. Mm -hmm. That was a big point in their history because it became a very common thing for the Mandalorians to be opposing the Jedi Order. Over the generations, it just became a symbol. Whoever held on to it was mm-hmm. the ruler of Mandalore. King Mando. That was owned by the Visa clan. 
they're a specific group of warrior like Mandalorians. They end up creating Death Watch, which is the group that we saw rescue Mandalorian in the episode mm-hmm. when he was a child. That weapon ends up showing up in Clone Wars, which was going over the civil war taking place between Death Watch and the people running the government of Mandalore. Mandalore. Mm-hmm. We find out that whoever owns it, someone can come up to you and request a trial by combat. And if they defeat you, they become the leader of the people. So in Clone Wars, Darth Maul actually finds out about this little, you know, special <laughs> loophole in their society. And he shows up untrained in the ways of the Mandalorian people, but he is a Sith and he defeats the owner of the Darksaber mm-hmm. and he claims it for himself. And for a long time, Darth Maul actually was the technical ruler of Mandalore. <laughs> and then what ended up happening from that is a whole group of Mandalorians then broke off and said, that's ridiculous. We don't want to be part of a group of people run by Darth Maul because he's a crazy he's wackadoo. Darth Maul. <laughs> yeah. So they end up breaking off another set and they're led by Bo-Katan. And that is the person that we later see in Rebels about 20 or 30 years later receiving the Darksaber from Sabine Wren. So it's been passed off a lot throughout Dave Filoni's mm-hmm. shows. But uh, live action, it just makes it more real. And it gets what, me excited. I mean, I want to go back and watch. I want to see this sword. And to a certain extent, I'm sure Dave Filoni sees that as well, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think what that was was just one of the brilliant payoffs of this show. In in that case, it was paying off Dave Filoni's career so far on Star Wars. But I think that perfectly leads us into the light side, dark side of things, right? So let's why don't we talk about all the things, the payoffs that we liked Mm -hmm. in this season. And those are the light and all the things that didn't quite pay off or didn't quite work. That's the dark. Oh yeah. Yeah. Let's let's do it. Go for it. We got the helmet off. Yes. Uh, We saw his face. So that whole scene's actually, I think handled really well because they, uh, IG 11 is uh, giving first aid to Mando and Mando's like, you can't take off my helmet. You can't take off my helmet. No uh, living thing can see my face. And IG clipped back. Well, I'm not a living thing. Yeah. And that's their their justification in a way. And it's kind of to see him, A, take the helmet off, but B, put that much trust in a droid, which we've we've kind of come to see he doesn't like. Well, the episode was called Redemption, so. but who got the redemption? Was it Mando or was it IG-11? It was both. Were you satisfied on Mando's face? You know what I liked about it the most is that you shouldn't have been surprised. It's just Pedro Pascal. <laughs> well, you shouldn't be, right? Because, one, it should be a tribute to the actor that made this character so lovable all season. True, true. Even if he did collaborate with his stunt performers, too, just sometimes fill in for him. Mm-hmm. But it's also, it was paid off in that we knew kind of what he was going to look like. Because we yeah. met him as a kid at the beginning of this show. We saw we saw he was a human. So we we knew that when this helmet comes off, he's not going to have funky just makeup or anything could like have that. like a crazy yeah. scar. So you shouldn't be surprised. Yeah, he could have, but he's been wearing this best scar. Remember, 
That's true. When we met him, the only piece he had already was the Beskar helmet, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, who knows? He might have started his gig with that. <laughs> Maybe his mentor gave him the helmet. I appreciate that scene a lot because they, it wasn't a finality. Like, he's now not helmetless. Like, season two, Mando's not helmetless the whole time. No, exactly. Yeah. 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 They, like, they, no, make they, him look cool. No, that was for us. Yeah. It was for us to get just that moment. And that might be the last time we see yeah, that So face. we can look in his eyes. Yeah. But we're saying, you know, we respect the work you've put into this season. So let's let's show him. Let's show him once. Just really quick. Your contract states you must have five seconds of I mean, FaceTime. That was a better way to do it than most other ways you could ever con- contrive. True. True, true. So I'm fine with it. Oh man, what else? Uh, what else paid off for you in this one? I thought IG11 was a huge one because we started that show by meeting this character. Uh, he was just a bounty hunter, killing people for money, and just following his programming. System, yeah, systematically just just ruining fools, you know. And <laughs> then we get to see him team up with a reluctant Mando. And then what does Mando do? He double crosses this guy and blows his brains out because Mando hates droids. Yeah. So it was nice to see Mando's reaction, if, you know, last episode when you find out this thing's alive again. And now he's going through his own story arc and he's become a good person, you know, who wants to take care of people. <laughs> and Mando doesn't trust him because he can never trust him, right? He can't trust droids. And mm-hmm. by the end of this episode, what has happened? I mean, he his now hand trusts, is forced to trust him. He's tr- forced to trust this droid with his life mm-hmm. twice. And in the second time, he sacrifices himself for the gang. I still think he could have saved Quill. You're right. No, he could have. <laughs> uh, but you have to you have to be okay with if it paid off successfully True. for yeah. you, yeah, yeah. then you have to allow that they had to take some weird leaps to get there. I like uh, his little chime-ins on how he's not a violent person. He's just a nurse droid protecting the baby. I think what happens, what makes it funny is that the Stormtrooper also repeats it to him, too. <laughs> but, yeah. So, I just really love that IG-11 got to do the thing that he was he promised us also, right? Which yeah, is, the, the he'll self, self-destruct. He'll self-destruct if he needs to because he can't allow himself to be captured. And he does it in the most selfless way ever that says... Thank you, character. Thank you, Taika Watiti. <laughs> and thank you for directing this episode, too. It's the second best robot death in lava. <laughs> Sans T2. That's so good. Maybe the first. <laughs> <laughs> Which one was more touching? I'm going to go with Arnold on this one. <laughs> that reminds me about my nerd moment. <laughs> IG-11's uh, speeder bike entrance with Baby Yoda, he's uh, weaving in and out of the, what's the, I can't remember the plan it's called. Navarro. 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 Blasting stormtroopers, but doing all his crazy spinningness while having Baby Yoda strapped to his chest. Like, that was probably one of the cooler scenes, in my opinion, this show has produced. Absolutely. No, I I loved the whole beginning of that episode was just greatness. It was just some of the best Star Wars action I've seen put to screen for a while. And uh, it just showed you how amazing 
Taika Waititi is as a director because he gets the comedy in, he gets the drama, mm-hmm. and he gets the action, you know, and it's really cool to watch him just gun down every single stormtrooper in the, the alleys. Uh, he, like, guns them all down, and then where they're all centered, he jumps off the bike and <laughs> those are like goes and explodes on a group of stormtroopers. Yeah. Like the most absurd idea of living this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. And then it, that actually reminds me about how much I loved something specific about that scene, which was the music. And I really loved how the music got paid off throughout the season too. Really? I thought uh, Ludwig Gordonson has done a great job of setting up different music for the different moments in the show and the different characters, just like John Williams did all the time. You know, each character kind of got their own like little theme music. Uh, yeah. I think yeah, yeah. Gideon and the stormtroopers together shared their music, but everybody had their own like kind of different thing going on melodically. And he pulled it all together in this episode. So you get a real treat and it finally builds up to when they, try to make their way outside to help back up IG 11 and the music just builds up as like they all team up and oh, she like starts shooting fire outside. Yeah. And, <laughs> and grief goes out guns blazing. And then Mando just steps out of the, out of the room and just starts killing stormtroopers. Like we saw in the beginning of the show, right? I mean, that was a teaser shot. Yeah. He walks out that door and, Starts blasting, and it was just amazing because we were promised that in the beginning, and that's why we—that's when we fell in love with this show. Mm-hmm. There was little treats too that you know we had a lot of different history dumped on us throughout the season oh, that yeah. we were trying to piece together. And Moff Gideon was nice enough to like drop a bunch of information on us all at once. We got Mando's name. It's Din Jaren. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's. That was, I mean, it's been out there in the media. I I've said before, I wasn't gonna really try to use his name until until they they until said they it. They did it, so I'm fine calling him Din. That was one of the only. So I'm I'm satisfied with all the Din Den. It's close <laughs> enough. Whatever. Well, all the things they kind of wrapped up in this final episode, but I've that one particular his name drop. You could have dropped that like at least last episode. But I mean. What does it matter? Uh, it's still nitpicky. Some of the some of the the plot dumps, as you will, they they just came off a little. Um, I don't say forced, but it just seemed like one after another, after another, after another. So that one I could have done last episode. Like what? what? Well, like I dropping mean, his name. Like you're gonna ambush the dude. Yeah, but say I mean, the name. If you're gonna get the face, you're gonna get the name. You're gonna yeah. get. It's all one package, you know what I mean? I'm not mad. I'm not mad that we got both of those at the same time because that's the whole point of their way, right, is to give up your sense of self kind of to just be a Mandalorian. True, true, true. There was another cool thing that got mentioned in that section too, which was the when he was, you know, Price is writing the, the e-web. They're, like, showing it off. Like, my models have carefully crafted this weapon that we'll be using on you momentarily. Oh it's yeah. Called yeah. The E-Web. You might know its history. They tell Kara or he yeah. even addresses her by name. Kara mm-hmm. Cynthia Dune. But, yeah. Um, but he tells her, you know, Hey, you recognize this gun? We use it to wipe out many of your rebel friends. Oh, and that's where we find out she's from Alderaan, 
by the way. Yeah. So now we got yeah. our payoff on her because now we know why she's down at any moment to say, oh, yeah, I'll go kill some Imperials because she's from the planet that got blown up in the first <laughs> Star Wars movie. Or why she doesn't have a home. That's that's uh, Princess Leia's home mm-hmm. also. But, yeah, and then we also learned that that gun was responsible for the death of a bunch of Mandalorians mm-hmm. in some in the, piece in the of history. That, yeah, the purge that we still don't have documented. So maybe we'll get more of that because apparently Moff Gideon is from that time period. So while they're paying stuff off to us, they're still setting up future threads too, right? Like they're They getting... touch a lot about the Mando stuff in this one because they... Yeah. They, they name drop Jedi in this episode. Just You're to right. hear the name... I guess connected to the bigger Star Wars lore, but to actually hear them say Jedi was really cool. How they're almost this legend again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they end up paying it off one more time with a dark saber, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Which I was a little bummed about because I, I thought, you know, remember in the beginning I was hoping we get a show where they don't talk about the force. And then baby Yoda <laughs> showed up and started doing the force. I also was hoping we could get a show that didn't include lightsabers, but whatever, it's fine. Well, it's technically, cool. it's a dark saber. I know, right? I'm gonna let it go <laughs> because 99% of the time, this show is not that. True. Yes. I'm willing to give one percent of my great show <laughs> to people who need lightsabers and the Force, but there's one payoff that we can all agree was just beautiful, which is Baby Yoda. yeah we got to see this kid grow up through the whole show he we saw him in the very beginning and we said relatively like he probably aged like a day (laughs) the way he ages yeah true true but look how much he learned in a day it's a lot yeah he has come a long way he's become like a pop culture phenomenon Mm -hmm. but i really am interested in this character especially because now He's a Mandalorian. <laughs> he's yeah. He's a uh, he's the next wave. He is going to be indoctrinated into the way. He has a pretty big he moment is... in this episode too. He uh, yeah. He stops like a big flame. fireball. Like <laughs> was that what was that like a force push or was you tell me? I I have said before force and I'll field? say again. I don't think there are any rules for what the force can do. Mm-hmm. So. Sure, he did that thing and it looked cool. It's like Neo <laughs> from the Matrix, right? No, no, I'm not upset with it. Just curious what it was. I'm I'm really surprised they didn't he didn't name it or they didn't put a name on Baby Yoda. It's still the child. Oh. Well, I mean, we gotta have some things for later. I guess. I don't think I wanted a name for that mm-hmm. because I didn't want a name for that kid unless it came from Din Jarn. And I don't think Din was ready to even accept his responsibility as this thing's parent until this episode. Do you know what I mean? So it would be weird to just be instantly become this kid's parent, which he did. And then instantly name it, you know, give him like an hour or something, you know, (laughs) like give him a couple hours to come up with a name for the kid. So I'm okay with that. You know, maybe we'll, I think we'll get that in the first episode Mm -hmm. of the second, of the second season. Oh gosh. The other, I guess the other baby Yoda related, not payoff, but we—it's a mystery for season two. The what they're gonna, what they wanted with that thing. Oh yeah, we don't get to know why they wanted it. Mm-hmm. All we get to know is that 
Mando's still. Oh, sorry, can I call him Din? Is yeah, still got a combine. Din is. Yeah, <laughs> I don't have to be racist about this. Yeah. Din is still going to be chased by the Empire because they still mm-hmm. want him. Meanwhile, he's going to be going out and doing all kinds of other adventures to find mm-hmm. Baby Yoda's family, but he could also <laughs> take a few bounties here and there. That's the thing I think this Baby Yoda just showed you mm-hmm. is that you got to be able to accept all the different Star Wars stories they're going to tell you with this show mm-hmm. because they're going to go in a million different directions. But they kind of cleared the bounty hunter track on this. So. No, they didn't. But they, oh, they, you mean they cleared it in the in the guild said, sense? They said he's fine to do it again from now on. Yeah, he's at least in the guild of bounty hunters. He's pretty good. If they decide to do a couple episodes where he needs to make money, then go for it. But that's the point now is mm-hmm. with when Fennec Shaw returns next season. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. They set up a lot of things. Yeah, they yeah. set up Spur guy who I thought was Cad Bane. They set up. If we got dark sabers in this show now, yeah, exactly. I would have thought we got Cad Bane before we got dark sabers. Yeah, the sky's the limit. Mm-hmm. So, I guess now that we got all the big stuff out of the way, let's talk about the really small stuff that doesn't matter, but we still <laughs> like it anyways. The midichlorians. We both got lists, and we're gonna just list them off and see what the other person has to think about it go we talked a little earlier but so the mandalorians that came and saved little mando was uh death claw right what what were they called it was death watch death watch okay they have a claw on their shoulder as a symbol it's like i took it to be like a trident just three prongs chicken leg looking (laughs) chicken foot looking (laughs) but uh they looked a lot like boba fett like, is that a thing? The Mandalorians on Concordia, which were the warriors that I talked about earlier, they're Death Watch, and they're generally a kind of like a blue and silver color, very much like Jango Fett's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they just kind of have a uniform look to them, as opposed to in the covert where they all kind of look different. Like freestyle, yeah. <laughs> freestyle Mandalorians. I liked getting Death Watch thrown in there, like, a, you know, just because we get just a little bit more implication that the things that happen in the cartoons, if you're interested in learning more, go watch those because they matter a little bit. It definitely piqued my interest for sure. Yeah. Seeing them. I got one for you. Hmm. What did you think about the intro with the stormtroopers, a la red versus blue? <laughs> that was funny. Cause they're just like shooting the shit. Like, Doing what you would think they would be doing because they're just grunts. Those were played by Jason Sudeikis and Adam Pally. <laughs> and it totally reminded me of, of Red vs. Blue, which is an old internet show from the Halo universe, yeah, yeah. where the soldiers are just kind of sitting around and they don't have orders at the given moment, so they just don't know what to do other than blow raspberries in their helmets and start beatboxing. And <laughs> You know, that's what a stormtrooper does when he's just hanging out. And they're just like beating baby Yoda. And they were beating the crap out of that baby. <laughs> he he got punched really hard. I love that whole section. And their was... their dialogue kind of um in a weird way implied that they're just kind of like lost souls in the Star Wars universe. I've decided that the reason I think stormtroopers are cool mm-hmm. is because they're inspirational. 
Because they tell you, no matter how bad your job might be, at least you're not a stormtrooper in a galaxy far, far away. You can get choked out any minute, <laughs> shot any minute. IG-11 wrecks those stormtroopers, and it's it's violent. He breaks that one's arm in like three. Yes. And then throws him around like a gorilla throwing like something. Oh, before like, that, like before he shows up there, they have a great moment where they're trying to shoot a uh, like a piece of trash <laughs> and just commenting on how terrible their blasters are. Yeah, that was that was a well-crafted scene that didn't do anything other than just entertain you with another style of storytelling in mm-hmm. the Star Wars universe. That was just like a comedy skit just in an episode of The Mandalorian. My next little tiny midichlorian is so Quill died and Mando finds out that he's dead in this episode. Yeah. But he Bare- doesn't address him by name. No, he does, but first he does call him Ugnot. Well, I thought that was just a little like he's ugh, like it's, he does of- he does say when he calls him up when he calls him up he says Quill Quill mm-hmm. when he's trying to get a hold of yeah. him. Yeah, but behind his back he's like, yeah, no, the Ugnot should have called in a while ago. It's like they all know his name. <laughs> they made a point of it last episode. Yeah, I mean, hey man, you said it gets better. That's true. Live and die in Ugnot. Uh, what did you think of this line? They'll upload me to a mind flayer. IG-11 says that, doesn't he? No, it's Cara Dune. What's a mind flayer? Is that is that the thing we see in Rogue One? See, that's what I'm wondering. So a mind flayer is actually a D&D type creature uh-huh. that like can... You know dig. what I'm talking about, right? The, no, I know. The You're talking about Borgullet. Yes. They had like a weird... I thought Borgullet myself. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they have a monster's manual from third edition rules of D&D in a galaxy far, far away. <laughs> but um, no, I thought it was funny. They also mentioned the mind flayer. could be like a weapon. In uh, Stranger Things as well. Yeah. So Star Wars is just saying we can have our own mind flayers. It's fine. Do you have a next one? Yeah, we, we teased it at the beginning. But what was up with that that buff R2? <laughs> the the R2, he was a fairy, fairy boat R2, right? <laughs> Has he shown up in Rebels? I've never seen that thing before. That thing had legs. I love that you call him buff. Because he is. (laughs) We joke a lot about R2 having rockets and like how those were totally, he could have used them in a few movies (laughs) where he didn't. He's kind of a jerk, but imagine having like legs and arms as an R2. No, imagine having legs and arms and your one job is just sitting on a ferry waiting to (laughs) row people back and forth. I thought he was going to, like, fight them. Like, I know. I was that's intimidated by that. But that's what I'm saying. His only job is just to ferry a boat. I mean, it's a it's a lava boat. It's it's kind of cool. What an incredible waste of legs and arms. He, he could have had other aspirations before his ferry boat life. Or he got the legs and arms put on him to do that <laughs> job. Here are two. What do you got? Anything else? What did you think about the e-web and how they set this thing up to be a really cool weapon and they tell you about all the times it existed in Star Wars history and then Moff Gideon walks over, points a gun at it, (laughs) and shoots the box and the whole thing explodes. Was that the same 
It's like a turret blaster the, that they used in the very first episode. It might have been, but I think the bigger point is, can the Empire not build a single thing that doesn't explode from one well, shot? Well, I kind of like that scene because, you know, they, they bring it out. Like, two stormtroopers are carrying it. But then there's also, like, another two carrying the battery. Well, I'm not saying I don't like the scene. But, like, seeing the battery part of it yeah. got me excited, weirdly enough. Like, <laughs> I, oh, yeah. These things need power. I think the battery is a cool little sci-fi thing they got going for them. But maybe cover it in Beskar. <laughs> it just seems silly to have it just out in the open. And all you got to do is I'd shoot like it. I think it, his, his, it, um, it his nearly, blaster was different, though. It nearly killed the Mandalorian. He, like, flew when that yeah, thing blew up. He almost died. He had hemorrhage. He was hemorrhaging from his brain. Well, that, so that's actually my next uh, little thing. Like, back to... Have we... The back to spray? Yeah. Do yeah. they use that in the original trilogy, too? Yeah. They didn't have it in spray form in the original trilogy. Mm -hmm. So do you remember after the beginning of Empire Strikes Back on Hoth when Luke gets attacked by a Wampa? Yeah. He suffers severe injuries, and when Han finds him, he has to like keep him warm and put him in a tauntaun. You remember all that? Yeah. Yep. When they recover him, they put him in a Bacta tank, and that's what you see Luke floating in, uh, healing from his wounds. And I think it was also used to explain why his face looked different because oh he didn't he got like a real life car accident he, he that got was a, the... he, he got a Mark Hamill as I think a motorcycle accident anyways uh, yeah it's so it's in the lore it's just like bacteria right like I mean I don't know I didn't I don't know Bacta. it's just a cool name that makes you it, it, cooler it evokes, it evokes certain things <laughs> you know and you think oh, okay that's how they do their medicine you know but it was cool to see it in you know aerosol form it's kind of weird that why would he have it ig11 i thought the exact same thing <laughs> like you, you just keep that on your bro there would be literally no reason a bounty hunter would ever specifically need, a bounty oh, hunter sorry, droid. a droid bounty hunter would ever need to heal somebody unless of course i got it he damages his target yes and the bounty requires that the Oh, target be brought back in good condition i guess that's why there you go have we they, just have they ever we have the they ever set like parameters because he came back like pretty fast from that stuff no i don't i'm just telling you the like <laughs> they did world building they established it in empire strikes back by saying we put him in a back to tank and then from there you're just supposed to accept that back to spray they, they're a sci-fi makers of back to tank they're a sci-fi <laughs> fantasy show so they don't have to explain their science. Fair. That's fair. Yeah. But it's, you know, it's cool to remind you that they have a science. Uh, Ricky, do you have any more? I'm out. I've, I'm out of midichlorians. Let's wrap this final one up and put a rating on it. Do you want to do the series and the episode as one? For me, it's the same score for both. What about you? A little different. Well, then let's do them different for you. Okay. What is yours then? I think the episode and the season as a whole, I have to put a 10 on it because it just gave me so much quality Star Wars. It gave me so much quality stuff I've never seen in Star Wars before. And I think it gave me a satisfying conclusion to seven weeks of great storytelling mm -hmm. in eight episodes. And I don't care what they choose to do. They could go in a completely different direction that I don't anticipate. 
and it would be fine because what they've demonstrated is they can give me really entertaining stories that just take place in the Star Wars universe. And they have created great characters that I want to follow more. Do you think you like this more because you're so entwined with the cartoons? Probably, yeah. But I love that they're just creating a lot of new lore in this show. Mm -hmm. So for anybody who didn't watch the old shows, guess what? That whole This Is The Way Creed, that's new to this show. So they're saying that stuff has happened in their unique little timeline. So I'll rate the series first. I'll say nine and a half. It does a lot of things right. My only gripes or nitpicks are, again, they are just nitpicks. But I wish we would have gotten a little bit of a longer season. They're obviously setting up Moff Gideon as the big bad. Right? He's holding the King Mando sword, the Darksaber. Right. Maybe a little bit more build up to that. No, I think that leaves you wanting to know but more. But you don't have to show and, him interacting with Mando. Just show that, him doing him. That was intentional, man. They're not going to be able to give you a new show mm-hmm. for about 10 months. But if you need more Star Wars, this thing has appeared in other Star Wars shows. If you don't want to watch those shows, you can wait till season two comes back and they'll start telling you more. I promise you they're going to explain <laughs> that thing next year. I mean, I hope so. I have a question for you, though. Sure. Last week, you were very upset that they didn't get to use IG-11 and show him killing lots of stormtroopers. And for that, you held that against that episode. So this, that's why I'm giving this one. The episode itself is getting a nine. Because it does pay off on a lot of that stuff. It pays off on a lot of what it set up in the previous episode and as well as stuff that was set up throughout the series. Um, but okay. we got some good Star Wars action, and I'm always I'm always down for that. Yeah, it was such good television, and like I like that it's not end of the universe problems. It's a guy with a baby. Yeah, and you know it's it's very small from what we've we're used to seeing. I guess even in the shows, if I'm not mistaken, I mean they're just all grander empire rebels fighting. You know stories. I think. The general sentiment here is both of us really enjoy this show and we are so happy to be able to talk about this show for the last eight episodes and we really appreciate anybody who took the time to join us for this. Thank you guys. It's been a blast. Yeah. So I think for anybody who's not sure where we go from here, I think you should know that no matter what we decide to do we will definitely see you next year when the mandalorian returns in the fall of 2020 but feel free to follow denix media on instagram facebook twitter patreon feel free to follow us on any of those and we'll keep you posted on what else we decide to talk about because we're just two nerds that like to talk about nerdy stuff And Star Wars The Mandalorian, I promise you, is not the only thing. So do you have anything to plug before we go? Uh, I'll throw out my Twitter handle out there for the first time on the last episode. Uh, Rickman9 with two R's at the beginning. And once again, thank you all for joining us. You have listened. And and we we have have spoken. spoken.